It's great to see you again this new year, and uh, you'll be glad to know that my announcement that Christmas was about five out of ten for the for the uh, Christmas service that I announced to everybody in answer to the question that was inevitably going to be coming, how was your Christmas? So five out of ten there for various reasons, which I won't go into today, but they improved. And uh, so I would have given myself or ourselves a nine out of ten for Christmas. Yeah, it's really good. And no, I did not get these shoes for Christmas. I know everybody's asking me, I just, the other, yeah, you can't see them. I have to show you though, because they are quite, quite, what do you think of those? Yeah. So they are not actually Christmas presents, but for all intents and purposes, they might as well be. So yes, Christmas was 9 out of 10. I hope you had a, a great time too. Well, today we're going to be uh, starting a new series um, looking at encounters with Jesus. And over Christmas, we celebrated and sang and read about Jesus coming as a baby, the incarnation, God becoming man. And that event brought into birth and into ushered in a new kingdom and a new opportunity for man to meet with God. In the message version of of John 1, it says, the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. The word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. Suddenly, people could bump into God. And when the people of Palestine in the cities around and Jerusalem, in Nazareth, in those cities around, met Jesus. They were encountering God himself. It was the most incredible moment in history, the pivotal moment of history. Our dates are now centered around that before Christ and after Christ. It is the most monumental moment as Jesus came to die to show us the way to God. He came to display who God was to mankind. To have met Jesus, to have bumped into God must have been an incredible moment for the people who had the privilege of doing that. Some rejected him, but others were amazed and their lives changed forever. We're going to be looking at some of these encounters with Jesus as recorded by Luke. And this covers all sorts of people. It covers young and old, rich and poor, the shunned and the soul of the party. All of them are changed dramatically by their encounter with Jesus. And that is what we're praying and hoping for will happen to us too as we encounter Jesus this year. As a leadership team, we've been approaching this year, 2023, as a year of encounter. And we really believe that God wants to meet with us. I mean, that's clear from his word, from the Bible, that God loves to meet with his people. But we sense that God really wants to do that and for us to meet him as he comes to us. And this week, we're calling it Encounter Week. And the reason we're doing that is because it's an chance to begin the year engaging with what God is saying to us, which is, meet with me. I want to meet with you. Come and be with my people, come and meet with him. And so we want there to be an expectation among you as these stories are told and as we get to meet together, as we sing, as we read God's word, and that it will be an act of a provocation and a stirring to meet God. We can all meet with Jesus today. And if you are here on a journey of faith maybe, or you're interested in in Jesus, or you've heard about Christianity, or you've got a friend who said, come along to church, 
Well, these messages are for you as well because they're going to be explaining how ordinary people from all sorts of background met Jesus and encountered him. And the same is true today. He is alive. God is here. And you can meet with him today. So the first encounters with Jesus we're going to look at are when Simeon and Anna met Jesus when he was just a child. And we've got someone to read. Yes, Cat, come up. Cat's going to read Luke 2, 22 to 38. Jesus presented in the temple. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he'd seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She'd lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that these are the very words of God. And Lord, we, we long to encounter you and we pray that you might speak to us through these words and bring us closer to you as we look at them, as we study them, as we try and draw out things for us. I pray, Lord, would you speak words into people's hearts? Would people who have never heard you speak before hear your voice for the first time today? Lord, we are hungry and thirsty for your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, Simeon and Anna were both waiting. Simeon, it says, was waiting for the consolation of Israel, for 
God to comfort Israel in their distress, in their present situation. And Anna, it says, was praying and waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. Both these people were godly and passionate for God to fulfill his promises to his people. They were waiting expectantly, eagerly for God to move. Simeon, it says, was a devout man who not only was the Holy Spirit on, but the Holy Spirit had actually revealed to him that he wouldn't die until he saw the Messiah. That is an, an amazing statement. The Holy Spirit had revealed to him. We don't know how, but we know the Holy Spirit had met him, had encountered him, had said to him, you will not die until you see the Messiah. No wonder he was devout. No wonder he was there at the temple. Every day, he may have thought this might be the day. He was living with anticipation, with this waiting in hope every moment that the Messiah might be around the corner. And on this particular day, it says the Holy Spirit moved him. I love that. The Holy Spirit moved him. I wonder what you think about him that. Just like, whoa, suddenly he's moving. I don't know. I don't, I don't imagine so. I think sometimes we know God has led us, and it's not like we've arrived somewhere magically. Oh, I'm here. But it's that God has, God has, you have decided to go somewhere. You have gone to a certain specific, you've ended up standing next to someone and talking to them, and it was the very person that you needed to speak to. Holy Spirit moving us. And the Holy Spirit moved Simeon to go into the temple that day. I love that. He, the Holy Spirit moved him to the temple courts. And there he sees Jesus. He sees a child with his parents. And he knows, he knows by the revelation of God that this child is the promised one. He knows that this is the, the Messiah, the Christ, the one that Israel has been longing for and waiting for. And it, it, it's a very moving scene. Can you imagine this probably old man? We're not told he's old, but if he's like, I'm ready now to die in peace, he's probably, he's probably had a, a long life. And this is such a moving moment. You can imagine him, the longing in his heart now being shown that this child was the Messiah, to actually pick up this child, holding the Messiah, looking into the eyes of the Ancient of Days, the, the sovereign creator of the world now as a baby. And he knew what this meant. And his parents, I imagine, were a bit surprised when he begins to... Well, they knew things as well, but I still think they were shocked at all the things that were happening around their son. I mean, God spoke to Mary, and she knew in her, deep in her heart of what this might mean for her son. And Joseph as well, an angel appeared to him. So many things surrounding their birth that they knew, but I'm sure that, again, they were surprised as an elderly man comes up, takes their child, and begins to declare and praise God holding the child saying this, he says, For my eyes have seen your salvation, for which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light of revelation for the Gentiles, and glory for your people Israel. This was not an ordinary child. This is not one of all the children that have come and been dedicated in those first few months of their lives at the temple. This was the special child, the Messiah, 
the chosen one. And this glory would not just be for Israel. This was a Messiah for the whole world. Israel was thinking, this is our Messiah. This is the one we've been waiting for. And they were looking for that. But actually, this statement from Simeon expands their blinkered view of what the Messiah might be in saying, it's not just for you. He is for the whole world. He is my gift, my salvation, that the ends of the earth may be gathered up, and I will have my people forever. This was an incredible moment that Simeon knows, sees, and understands. Anna was also in the temple that day. In fact, we're told that she never left. She had devoted her life for God. Her life was one of waiting, of longing, of looking for God. It says, after the death of her husband, seven years of our marriage, she was a widower and remained at the temple. Normally people got married in their teens. She's now 84. So she has been waiting and praying and looking for this for many, 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 many years. Every day at the temple courts, worshiping, looking, waiting, expecting. She was waiting for the Messiah too. And the Bible records that at the very moment Simeon was holding Jesus in his arms, Anna too came up to the young family. And she began praising and thanking God along with Simeon. She too knew that this child was the Messiah. She knew that her longing, her waiting, and her, her anxious wondering was now, had now come to an end. And there, in front of her, being held by Simeon, was the peace of the world. He was the everlasting father, the prince of peace, the wonderful counselor. All those ancient texts of thousands of years before, speaking of this child, had now been fulfilled in her eyes, in front of her, and she praised God. I mean, there must have been a kerfuffle. There must have been something going on as people listened in. You know those stories how Jesus, in a way, kind of held back the crowds from declaring who he was because he didn't want everyone to know at that point. He had a specific plan of revelation to different people. But here we get a little, like, almost outburst of revelation as people around would have heard, she's saying he's the Messiah. He's, is he the Messiah? There was a, a, probably a, a hubbub that went through the crowd, but they were maybe unsure, Simeon and Anna knew. They were forever changed as they held and saw this child. All those years of waiting were ended, hope, salvation, and peace. And like Simeon, she couldn't help but speak out about Jesus to all those who were around and those who were looking for the redemption of Israel. Even though God had promised the Jewish people, those who were in the temple courts, a Messiah thousands of years ago, Jesus probably was not what they had expected or anticipated. I mean, a baby, I mean, can you imagine they, to compute that he would be a baby, a child? I mean, I'm sure they've heard those statements so many times, but yet, when it actually came to it, they weren't ready, they weren't prepared, they hadn't thought it would be a baby, or it would be on a donkey, or it would be in humility and in, in servanthood. They 
were thinking overthrow the occupier, the Romans. They were thinking a political figure, maybe like a, a, a warlord to lead the revolt on a horse. They hadn't anticipated God would come like he did. And often God surprises us because he comes in ways that we're not expecting or looking for. But Simeon and Anna knew. They saw. They could, knew that God was at work in this tiny baby. In fact, not God was at work in this baby. God was that tiny baby. Simeon and Anna knew who he was. And this encounter with Jesus, despite him only being a baby and not saying a word to them, transformed them. The other stories we're going to read about over the next months up until Easter, I hope you're excited about that. It's going to be great. Whenever you look at the stories of Jesus, there's always something shocking, surprising, amazing, wonderful to discover because he is, ultimate, he is the ultimate one and the one of all knowledge and beauty and splendor and glory yet shrouded in, in, in humility and weakness and love and care. This Jesus is amazing and the encounters with him are amazing too. We have seen his salvation. Here is the light of the world, the prince of peace. They encountered Jesus as a child. What can we learn about encountering Jesus from Simeon and Anna? What are some of the things that we can take on board, we can, uh, we can see in their approach, in their experience that will help us today to meet with Jesus like them. Well, firstly, what you're waiting for might be a who. What you're waiting for is a who. Simeon and Anna were waiting for the promised Messiah. They were waiting for the chosen one. The, the Christ. They were waiting for Jesus. They were waiting for God to come. When we talk about waiting, it's often waiting for something. So when we talk about I'm praying, I'm waiting, I'm looking to God, I'm seeking Him, it's often about something. We're needing something we're praying for. And those things are not wrong. I'm not saying you shouldn't pray for things, you need to pray for God. No, I'm not, I'm not saying that. Those things are valid and important, and we do want to wait on God and look to him for all the things that we need and for the longings of our hearts. Maybe we've waited a long time for healing, a long-term sickness that has just never gone away, and you're waiting and looking and expecting for God to heal you. Maybe you're waiting for children, Maybe they've not, not been able to have children yet. Maybe you've been waiting for a house, and now suddenly interest rates have gone up, and now it's like, yeah, it was just in my grasp, and now uh, I don't think I'm going to be able to afford it this year. There's a praying, a waiting, a longing. We just want to have our own home. Or maybe a mental health issue that just you just can't shake, you can't get through, it holds you back, and you're praying and waiting and asking God, please come through for me. All those prayers and all those waiting for those things are, are good and right, and we should. But sometimes what we actually really need and what we're waiting for is a who. 
And we need to meet him. Because when we meet with him, he can speak to us and help us with the what. And sometimes we can so focus on the thing we need that we forget that who we really need is Jesus. And he speaks to us. And when he speaks to us, then he might not answer the wait or bring to fruition what we're longing for, but he may speak to us to enable us to go again and to keep walking and to keep believing and to keep waiting. It's like Paul was stuck with a thorn in the flesh, with a difficult situation, and God spoke to him and said, my grace is sufficient for you. God spoke to him, and so he could go on. He could deal with what God had afflicted with him because he knew God was with him. God had spoken to, it, to him. I remember waiting, being in a very challenging situation with deciding about coming back to the UK after being in Japan for years, and we were struggling, waiting, asking God to speak to us. We were looking for an answer. God, lead us, show us the way, waiting on him. And I remember a moment when God, it felt, this is what it felt like. It felt like a fog. It felt like we couldn't see the way ahead. And then one morning in my devotional, I had a picture of, of a, a sandstorm in a desert. It was very, it was almost like, Vision is a kind of moving picture. So it felt like I was seeing this picture of this sandstorm coming in and just remaining for a while. And then as it blew itself out, it cleared. And then the view of the landscape and this road was ahead. And I knew in that moment that God was with me and that God had brought this storm, that the storm I was in was of his doing and his making, and what I couldn't see I knew was going to be cleared, and he was going to lead us on. It was an amazing moment of not encountering the what, but encountering him. And that changed everything for our decision. It changed my posture, my position, my, my approach to what we were doing, because God had spoken, God had met me. What you're waiting for is sometimes a who. Secondly, encounters with Jesus are for everyone. Encounters with Jesus are for everyone, whatever your stage, whatever your age, whatever your income level, whatever your background, whatever your nation. Jesus is available. Jesus is for everyone. And everyone can access him. And I hope we don't miss the wood for the trees here that Simeon and Anna were elderly. Simeon and Anna were in the second part of their life, shall I say. Simeon and Anna were not young pups. Simeon and Anna had walked with God for years. And Simeon and Anna saw God's salvation, heard his voice, were moved by the Spirit, were told revelations about this child. And I want to encourage us and especially the people who would count themselves in the second part. You notice how I didn't say elderly. Our senior citizens. No, no, no. Stop, stop, go back. Pull up. We have some wonderful, wonderful... People with gray hairs that are the crown of the aged. I have some too, and I'm in my 40s. 
But I just wanted to take this moment to, um, to honor you if you are at that season, because you are such wonderful examples for us. I'm thinking Ted and Rosemary, I'm looking at you. I'm thinking of Alan and Hillary. I'm thinking of Ian and Julia. I'm thinking of Patricia and Pete, where are they? I'm thinking of Martin and Sylvia. I'm thinking of, of Steve and Marissa. Although sometimes, and I, I was thinking of, of, of Helen and Andy Bolton, but Helen said, I am not 60 yet. <laughs> Andy is, but I'm not. So brilliant. The point is, we just so value you and so honor you for your faith and persistence, your prayer, your waiting that you have done for years. And I just want us to remember that these um, examples for us of Anna and Simeon, we have among us, we have in our church. And we just want to say thank you so much for waiting and, and serving and giving and looking for God. On Saturday morning, there was a prayer meeting, our prayer meeting that the Boltons host. It was full of them. <laughs> they were the ones there. There were a few young, young guns, but mostly it was the gray hairs praying and seeking and looking for God. Thank you. You are an inspiration and example for us. Why don't we just give them a real round of applause? Thank you. Well done. Yeah. We're so grateful for Simeon and Anna's. So grateful for Simeon and Anna's here. And Martin and Sylvia's. I forgot my parents. Where are they? <laughs> Wonderful. Joel 2.28 says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. This is not just a young person's game. We need you. And I believe that God over this year of encounter is going to speak to you as people who have walked with God for many years and who can bless us and encourage us and bring the giftings that you have for us. And so we're looking for you to do that. Don't be afraid of bringing your wisdom, your insight, your words, your pictures that you've received from God as you've walked with him all those years. Three, any day and every day. Maybe today is the day. That's what I imagine Simeon was thinking. Today could be the day when I meet the Messiah. He had been promised that before he died, he would meet the Messiah, and he was moving on in years. Maybe today was the day. Any day, it could happen. The Holy Spirit moved Simeon to meet Jesus. And I want to encourage us to expect God at any time and any day. I want to encourage us to be on the lookout, to encounter God any day, any time, and every day. How do we encounter God? This is a very interesting question, and we'll be looking more at that. What does it mean to encounter God? Is it the mountaintop? I like the, the graphics. It's great. It's kind of half dome in Yosemite, and the, the, the most spectacular uh, creational moment you could have. I, I met with God. Yes, those are great and wonderful, but that's not what we mean by an encounter with God. That is an encounter with God, and I'm sure you can, and I would love to go there and encounter God. But we're not just talking about that because the way we encounter God are so many and varied. Maybe reading your Bible and God speaks as you read your verse for the day that pops up on your phone in the morning. God speaks to you and you know, oh, I met with Jesus. I met with God. Or maybe you're out walking and you do experience, not at Half Dome, maybe Golden Acre, 
and you're just aware of the Creator and the beauty around you, and you're drawn up the sunbeams, not just receiving the sunbeams. You're drawn to the one who made everything. Maybe someone who prays for you, lays their hand on you and prays for you when you're in trouble, and suddenly you know, that's, I, I, Jesus, you're close to me. Or maybe you're watching a TV program. You're like, what? You're like, yeah. I watched the mole, the boy, the fox, and the horse, and the, the mole, the fox, the horse, the boy. I, 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 there are moments in there. I know some people are too slow. It's not, there are moments in there where I caught a glimpse of God. No, Charlie Maxey's a Christian, and that whole drawing and artist work was to display and to convey something of, of Jesus, something of God. And when you hear some of those lines that he says, it's quite quaint, but in it and through it, you hear you are all loved. And those words of wisdom, that I'm like, I'm closer to God as I watch that movie. God is, can meet us and encounter us anywhere and everywhere and every day. We don't have to go to the temple to meet with God. We are not saying this encounter, year of encounter means sometimes, maybe five or six, seven times when we have our encounter nights, you can encounter God. Okay, Mosaic Church, you've got seven goes. If you miss a few, you're down to four. Oh dear, you better come. No, we're not saying that. We're saying this is a year of encounter that God can encounter you and you can encounter Jesus at any time, at any place, and any day, in any way. God is beyond our imaginings to be able to speak to us. Donkeys have been used. I'm not thinking, go, go to Bridlington, God, God might speak to you. No, but God can use all sorts of things to get our attention and to speak to us and to draw near to us. Amen? I want to encourage you to maybe do something in your daily routine to just open yourself up to God a bit more. Maybe it's something you do every day anyway, and I just want to encourage you to make a moment just to be aware of God's presence, just to stop, to think, and say, God is with me. God is here. Maybe on a walk. I walk Levi, our overzealous Labrador, and I've been trying when I'm walking, when I'm not trying to chase after him or deal with things, to just stop and just appreciate and be aware of God's presence, and if there's anything he wants to speak to me, and say, God, speak to me. God, I want to meet with you. Come and speak to me. And one of the days, well, most, a few of the days he has reminded me of a verse that we have. It's not a great mountaintop experience, but I know God is close. He's speaking to me. I want to encourage you, take something that you already do and just change it and just make it awareness of God time. Secondly, how have you encountered God before? In what ways in your life have you felt close to Jesus? Have you known his presence, heard him speak to you? Try those again. <laughs> Often God will speak in the same way he's spoken to you before because we're kind of wired in different ways. You know how you speak to people. I've never actually really uh, had God speak to me really directly from Scripture. But somebody else will say, when in the worship, I just, I, every time I'm in the worship, God speaks to me. There are different pathways to God. We're different. We're unique. We're wonderful and fearfully made by God. And we engage with him in different ways, I want to encourage you. If he's encountered you before in some way, do it again, all right? Just do it again, and maybe he'll speak again. Right, lastly, our encounters 
bring us or bring others into encounter. I want to finish with this. Simeon meets Jesus and then blesses Mary and Joseph. Anna can't help but tell everybody around, if you were waiting for the Messiah, the redemption of Israel, he's here. This, this child is the chosen one. Their encounter encouraged others. Their encounter spilled over to others to encounter Jesus too. And I want to leave us with this, that it matters for all of us that you encounter Jesus because encounters with Jesus never stay with yourself. They always affect change and, and, uh, and something new in your life and something that then spills out to others. Whether it's like, Did you? I read this verse and God spoke to me. There's life that comes because, brothers and sisters, that is why Jesus came. I have come that you might have life and life to the full. This is eternal life that you know me. That's why Jesus came, so that we could walk with God, that God would be in us. Don't be afraid. I will send another to you who will be your comforter. He will be with you. Never will I leave you and forsake you. So we now are the people of God, the temple of the Holy Spirit. We don't have to go to the temple anymore to meet with Jesus. We are the temple. Not even the, the, the building, the, the meeting we are here today, but God dwells in us. And as we encounter him, we, if you like, I don't want to be irreverent, bring God. We bring him because he is in us, right? Think about this. God dwells in us. We are full of the Holy Spirit. So when we gather together, we're not coming to God who's here and we come to meet with him. We bring him. It's a bit of a mind blow. This is something that God is among his people. He dwells in us and among us. We don't come to a certain place to meet him and encounter him. He is filling us. He is with us. And so when we meet together, God's presence is here. And we can encounter him. Can we stand to our feet? Can I have the band? I'm going to pray because I don't want to speak anymore. I want to say, Father, thank you for your, your word. Thank you for this story of Anna and Simeon. Thank you for their lives of, of patient waiting and hope and anticipation and devout looking to you for decades. We thank you, Lord, for your work in their lives. On, an, on a certain day, you moved Simeon to the temple courts and you revealed to them your Messiah, your chosen one, your son. Holy Spirit, thank you that now we are the temple of God, that we are the dwelling place of the Lord Almighty, that Jesus, you came, that you might die and rise again and go to heaven and send us the comforter, the one just like you to be with us. And Lord, we declare, we say at the beginning of this year, we want to meet with you. We are longing for a touch from God. We are longing for you to draw near. We want to feel your presence. We want to know your love. We want to hear your voice. We want to feel the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. 
And we pray, Lord, that we would be like Anna and Simeon, that we would look to you and seek you and come to you and find peace and hope. That, Lord, we would not just look to things and for you to answer our longings, but we would look to you. And that in those difficulties and challenges that you would come close to us and speak to us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Better is one day in your courts, better is one day in your house, better is one day in your courts, thousands elsewhere.
and flesh cries out for you, the living God. Your spirit's water to my soul. I've tasted and I've seen. Come once again to me. I will draw near to you. I will draw near to you. Sing better is one day. Better is one day in your courts. Better is one day in your house. Better is one day in your courts. Thousands elsewhere. Better is one day in your courts. Better is one day in your house. Better is one day in your courts. Thousands elsewhere. Thousands elsewhere. Thank you so much, Lord. to um, invite us where we are, just to turn our attention afresh, to keep our attention on Jesus. Um, as Tom was speaking, just as he spoke about the who helps with the what, it just felt like that might be for many people as they start this new year. And actually there's things even hanging over from 2022 or there's, there's new things, new hopes, new dreams maybe, things that, or things that have lived with you for a long time. And as Tom was speaking there that you were like, I know that's me, I need to receive that. But that, that can be quite a difficult thing to receive when you're focused in on, on the what that you really want to change. I just want to invite the Holy Spirit now just to minister, to speak all across the room. If you know that that is you, that you've had your eyes on, on the what, and that is still really important. But today, you know that you need Jesus more than anything else. just wanted to invite you now, just to maybe put your hands out in front of you. I know I'm asking you to do maybe a vulnerable thing, but this is a safe place. This is a church family. We're for one another here, and we, we want to strengthen one another in Christ, in the waiting as he changes your posture over time, as he pours strength into you for this season ahead, as he sustains you in the waiting. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe there's a, a few of you, if you haven't got your hands out in front of you, if you'd like to place a hand just on the shoulder of someone who has, you just minister to them just as we spend this time inviting the Holy Spirit to speak, inviting the Holy Spirit to strengthen, to empower this season of waiting. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, you give us the greatest gift of all, yourself. And Lord, we know that when we are with you, times of intimacy, times of perspective really comes as we spend time with you. All of a sudden, the fog clears, all of a sudden, as Tom spoke of the sandstorm kind of blows out and the vision is there again. I pray, Lord Jesus, would this be a moment of vision for those who are receiving right now? Would this be a moment of receiving and, and clearer vision coming? Thank you, Lord, that you are our comforter. Lord, we are, Jesus says that I'm going to leave you a comforter and a sustainer. 
a teacher and a counsellor. Counsel now, Holy Spirit, all around the room. Counsel deeply. Reveal truths of who you are and why you've come and what it is people need to keep their eyes fixed on in this season. Just receive from him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, we trust that you're working now. So I want to encourage you if you're standing next to someone who has been praying for years and years, maybe some of the, the couples that I mentioned are in Anna and Simeon's who are among us. It'd be wonderful just to pray for them, that God would speak to them. It says in Joel, your young men will dream, have visions, your old men will dream dreams. Uh, it's about God speaking to all ages. We just want to pray for people to receive more from God. Pray for them that they would hear God more clearly. They would meet with Him. That they would sense His presence. That they would have words for us as a church. And let's just keep receiving yourself. If you're not praying for someone or your hands out just that's as we sing this song just use it as a moment just to draw near to God he says draw near to God and he will draw near to you so let's just look to Jesus